I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan Pagella. And this is The Mutant Ages. Oh, are we saying last names? I'm Maddie Myers. And welcome <laughs> to The Mutant Ages, the full name of our podcast, iPod Broadcast. Would, I don't know what the full name of podcast would is. Would it be funny if it was like <laughs> The Mutant Ages, the X-Men podcast? It would probably be brought to you by not Marvel Comics and not Disney because they would never bring this show to you. We will. <laughs> the full the full title of this show is The Mutant Ages Podcast, where Maddie Myers and Ryan Pagilla review and break down the queer subtext of every X-Men cartoon slash TV show slash movie slash game slash book ever and maybe date Wolverine. That's the full title. Okay. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power growing wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the boy i don't know why 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 i've done this i don't know why i've (laughs) spiraled us into this hole right now but that is exactly what i'm doing it's fine anyway we're still watching x-men evolution we're about uh two-thirds of the way through the show i would say at this point yeah we're halfway through season three yeah and it's another tragic episode of course it's funny there's jokes in this one although there's jokes in it i i will say like there's certainly some sad stuff but i actually felt like this episode was trying a lot harder to be funny than any of the eps we've watched lately and i appreciated it Uh, i appreciated the jokes i did have some laugh out loud moments still dark it's still still dark but it I liked that there was just sort of a slapstick, almost romantic comedy vibe. Like, this is a Kurt and Amanda episode. But that's also like a weird romantic thing happening with Toad and what. Okay, so this episode that's is true. also one of my favorites. Like, I used to watch this one a lot because I had back in the day, I don't know, when like BitLord or something existed. Not BitLord. What was the one? LimeWire? When you could download movies I don't know. online. I mean, all of those things existed back in the day. I mean, yeah, I definitely I didn't mean, pirate all the episodes of X-Men Evolution and watch them repeatedly. Look, this was the only way you could watch them. <laughs> Whatever. Know, right? People are sympathetic. It wasn't Disney Plus didn't exist back then. We didn't have every single thing at our fi- fingertips. In my defense, now I pretty much watch everything that I pay for, like because it's available. Yeah. Although I feel like there's too many subscription programs now, but that's not what this show is well, about. That's true. It's fine. We don't need to talk we don't need that. to talk about that, but what is kind of funny about X-Men Evolution is that all of season one was released in a series of DVDs that you could buy separately. Like, so it'd be like three episodes of DVD. God. And then they did it with season Ugh. Two. People don't know how annoying. Oh my that god, was. it was. And then, then there was no, no se- season three release for years. For like fucking years. And then they released uh, I don't think this show was popular enough for them to justify the budget of it and like I, how I mean, expensive DVDs were. Like I don't think they thought anybody would buy That's it. That's true. You know? They probably like, would now. I mean, considering all the shit they release on DVD and uh, compilations now. But then years <laughs> later, like several years later, they released season three as like 
one compilation that you could buy, but they never released one or two that way. And then they never released season four. So in my defense, there was no way to watch this show back then unless you like downloaded it or watched it on TV and taped it on your VCR. I'm sorry to anybody that's under the age of 15 and does not know what a VCR is, but that is how we I did it back in the day. I think those people still know what it is. I don't know, they just didn't Maddie. Have to Somebody deal with walked it. over. Oh God, where was I? Oh, it was my. It was our kids. Our kids. I say our kids. My nephew and niece the who are like ten. Thing that you will ever have to having children. Go on. So, well, we made it. We made a reference to a CD, and my older sister was like, "Oh, you kids don't even know what that is." And they're like, "Oh yeah, it's the thing you put in the TV." She goes, "No, that's a DVD." And I go, <laughs> and I'm like, in their defense, that's very close. That is the same shape, and it looks the same. You know what? That's not. A and bad. you can play you okay but you could play cds in your dvd player remember you that? could well i mean i think you still can now i don't know well, it depends on the dvd who, player i guess I, I mean i guess like i mean right now i just use my ps4 for everything yeah yeah anyway. me too. I, well i use so, my ps5 for okay everything. anyway that's that was my fun story about x-men evolution no and why i had to download it and i watched this episode said. a lot anyway yeah. yes they do so today <laughs> previously on the x-men so what you need to know about this episode is that in seasons two and three, Kurt has started dating Amanda, yes. who Amanda Sefton from the comic books, and she's this beautiful black girl in this, and yeah. she is very uh, sympathetic to the mutants and yep. the uh, queer community. Mm-hmm. She is therefore Kurt and supportive, even though Kurt refuses to take off his image inducer. Although now people do know that he's a mutant because he's been teleporting around, but he won't let them know that he's blue and fuzzy because yep. he has serious issues with the way he looks yeah. and. There's been, there have been episodes where they've played with his image inducer and he's like turned into a girl and he's like, this is cool. And we're like, <laughs> okay, okay. So that is one plot line. The other plot line is that Wanda since season two, when she was released by Mystique and um, Agatha, she basically has been on this rampage where she wants to kill her father for locking her up in an insane asylum when she was a child and being tortured, which we see more of that in this. And it's actually no. even more fucked it's up than we thought so it was. fucked up. Oh, my yeah. God. Anyway, we can get to and that. And so she's been very aggressive and angry towards Magneto. I'm surprisingly not that aggressive towards like Xavier, who also was not helpful for any of this. Yeah. And so she's been hunting him down. Xavier at least wasn't the person who put her in there. Magneto no, is the person not. who's the most to blame in her eyes because in this version of Magneto, he's very abusive. Like he's just straight up an abusive parent. I don't know. This version of Magneto is just getting worse as it goes along. I know. This episode, I was like, he's unforgivable. I really am interested to know how they were going to do like a redemption arc for him to eventually lead the X Men because that was going to be part of their season five season six i can't six. even imagine them getting there i feel like I don't they're even know. so i mean this is i wouldn't say it's a flaw of the show it's just like a different thing about the show you i know? feel like they would have figured it out because overall the show has been very good at telling their story so i'm sure they would have found some way for magneto to get knocked down like 35 pegs and sort of have to be redeemed i don't I know yes it, it would be way harder to do than on x-men tas where you're like sympathetic to him the entire time so like well, okay, they didn't really true. have to do anything. Magneto and X Men the animated series we loved because we were just like yeah Magneto is right that the end of that show ended with Magneto is right that was yeah. the end message that know, was really not what I was expecting but that's where it went <laughs> yeah um so that that's that and Wanda thought that 
Magneto died at the end of season two during the whole Sentinel comes out while Magneto tricked everybody into being caught on film and everybody mm-hmm. discovered mutants and yep. a Sentinel fell on him because Wanda had kind of made it suppressed happen. his powers yeah. but then I think Mystique shot a torpedo at the Sentinel so the Sentinel would land on Magneto and kill him. But Pietro saved Magneto at the last second and like ran Which away with him. she discovered at the beginning of this season and she's been really pissed off and trying to hunt Magneto by luring him out by consistently capturing her brother Pietro who's obnoxious as fuck yeah and that's all you need to know and also Toad has a huge crush on Wanda there's been some bits here and there like when they were going back to the brotherhood house when they were that that was being investigated and sneaking clothes out and Toad was like only sneaking out Wanda's clothes and being like well who cares what we wear like (laughs) yeah it's also like very funny that Toad has such a huge crush on Wanda who presents as so butch and such reads like such a lesbian to be on this show that it's like okay but Toad also presents himself as gay Toad also seems gay I it's I don't know I kind of like thought that was interesting that he's sort of seeking a beard in this episode in a weird way the, the Toad and Wanda relationship that's happening in this episode at least is very much me and my like one high school girlfriend Steph yeah it's also <laughs> really weird because it, it it feels almost like the show retconning how queer coded the characters are in this one episode where it's like yeah Toad and Wanda they're straight I mean I guess but there's like literally a scene where like Kurt and Toad roll around on the floor sexually for like a full five minutes and then they're like on his bed and I was I like know. what's happening this here? was definitely the episode where I finally understood why Archive of Our Own had like 6,000 <laughs> Toad and Kurt fan fictions which like they are the most popular pairing on the show and at the time I was like I don't understand this but this episode explains it so it does it does also that <laughs> I, i'm gonna say once again i'm very sympathetic to toad in this episode i really like toad in this even though he's a character i typically do not give a shit about in the comic books i do too except at the very end oh yeah the very end i was like come on toad I not know. cool dude but we're maybe he'll change his mind about that in future episodes we'll see All right well, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about like his last oh line. i know what you're talking about no it doesn't get resolved but i think it was supposed to because obviously because yeah. the show just ends and so we don't know i also don't really buy it for toad because i feel like toad is actually a pretty moral character who cares about other people so i feel like yeah, pietro is and all right well, let's get to the end of the episode oh, I, I guess know, like i'm just I like what the fuck are they even saying <laughs> all right so let's open up we are in like italy we're in we're in I think, fucking venice like why yeah. is mastermind hanging out in venice this is never explained by the way ever well who cares he's just like walking around in his trench coat this scene is pretty funny because like mastermind is not actually doing anything like he's just walking around disguising himself as other people to fuck okay. with people he's not committing crimes he's not like doing stuff he's just walking around the streets of venice being like and now i will disguise myself as a beautiful woman okay and it's so like, i I, I loved this I though so for a couple reasons that in x-men the animated series he was when we first met him, he was like super like sexy in the Hellfire Club. Yep. And then he eventually revealed that that was just an illusion and that yes. he considered himself ugly. I don't think he's that ugly. And in this, they made him look very pronounced like the comic books where he looks like a weird monkey man. Yeah. And so what he's doing here With, like, is... like huge sideburns. He has kind of like a Cosimodo yeah, situation. He, he's doing the thing that he did in X-Men the Animated Series where he is 
making himself look beautiful on the outside. Yeah, as a man, as a woman. Yeah. And I love okay, but then I love the idea that Mastermind is I didn't think about this, but he seems to be a pretty gender fluid character by doing this. And I thought that was very cool. I thought that was cool as well. And I also thought it obviously fits with the theme of the entire episode, which is about appearances and being a closeted mutant and wishing that you look different. I mean that is the entire episode. So it I I take it back actually. This first scene makes perfect sense. I yeah. Because it's actually the entire theme of the whole episode, and I just realized that. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. That's what we do here on the Mutant Ages. <laughs> we yep. figure things out a little too late. <laughs> anyway, so he does this, and then after that, suddenly the lights, like the light lampposts, that's what it's called. Not, I'm like the lights, you know, just light in general. The sun is spinning around. The lampposts are spinning around and being reshaped I mean, into Magneto like. could do that if he wanted to. He changes the, the magnetic pole of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Mastermind I feel like is like, that'd be oh, more shit. like Polaris's deal. I, you know what? That's like yeah. the Phoenix's deal. Okay, so know, right? so anyway. he's reshaping the lamppost into like roller coaster rails, and yeah. Magneto traps Mastermind by wrapping a gate around him, and Magneto floats down all dramatically. And Mastermind tries to cast some more illusions, and Magneto's like, "That shit doesn't work on me. I'm wearing this cool ass helmet. I can see what you actually look like." And Mastermind is like, what do you want with me? And Magneto just grabs him and is like, I have a job for you. And then we get the opening credits. And then Mastermind like gets down on his knees and starts to suck Magneto's <laughs> cock. And Magneto's like, well, that wasn't what I was going to ask, but go ahead. And then we can leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I, it's funny because I wrote a note here. I said, again, with cruising in the alleyways on I the know, show. I know, right? <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, how many times do the mutants in the show go into alleys, find other mutants, and then Fuck. sexually grab each other? Like, it's it started off with Logan and Sabretooth, but it keeps expanding to the point the where I'm like... Is gay. It's a gay <laughs> show. We already oh my know God. that. Anyway, anyway. so then, then it's then we cut to a sequence that's a big traffic jam in New York City, which is very similar to the experience that when I drove down to New Jersey recently, oh it took me God, like ten yes. hours. And I'm sure you were stuck on a bridge, just like the people in this show with pyro yes. at okay, the top this, of a bridge. This scene is crazy, by the way. But let's start. It is crazy. Like the amount of damage that pyro creates here is like absurd, and I like know. people die. And it's also that he can throw one keychain at Wanda. That's the only reason he's doing like, all of this. What he's like. Like, it's just to leave a clue for her. That's it. This is one of those scenes that I was like, well, no wonder humans are terrified of mutants because, like, this shit is so stupid. So, Wanda's in a taxi cab. Yes. I don't know. We don't know where the fuck she's going. She's just, she's like, just looking for Magneto. She's just riding around all over the world, you know, manifesting money so that she can do whatever she wants. She's she's on her own. She's, she's I guess that's true. She does have the power to, re- like, change reality. So, yeah. she can pick up, like, a leaf and turn it into a $100 bill. Yeah. Man, so I she, want Wanda's powers I know, right, right the fuck now. Wanda is... <laughs> so powerful and so pyro just is standing at the very top of the girders on like the brooklyn brooklyn bridge like raining fire down on people killing a thousand people and wanda just gets out of the car and is like are you fucking like kidding me right now yeah, yeah she's so calm i actually love how calm wanda is in this episode like i love it i wrote wanda looks annoyed and thoughtful that was how i described her like facial expressions okay, this this version of wanda by the way is great because i, I feel her. like in this whole episode she's not posed as a villain she does kind of have no. Like an Avengers feel to her again, where she's like, Yeah, because moments later, Scott's gonna run up and they just have a conversation like they're friends. And I was like, Wait a second, 
Wanda's is just like an Avenger, basically. Yeah, she kind of is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pyro is setting the bridge on fire. The yeah. fire looks like a bunch of horses, which are also neighing. I don't know how he, he's managing that part. Yeah, he can just like make horses out of fire that are like galloping down yeah. and like exploding a thousand cars. And like people are screaming okay. and running away. And Wanda's just standing there like, really, dude? And I was <laughs> yeah, on like, her side. Okay, yeah, that's because the fire lands on an oil tank and people, it explodes and people fly off the bridge. Cars go off the bridge. People are screaming and dying. And I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. And then it like cuts so away. So then we go to another scene <laughs> that is not related to any of this. It's Kurt and Amanda. <laughs> and they're leaving school together. And Amanda is sort of like giving Kurt a little pep talk about how her parents want to meet him and it's going to be totally fine. And Kurt is super nervous because his image inducer has been acting up lately. And like, what if it doesn't work? And Amanda quickly touches his watch to transform him. And she's like, I want them to meet the real you. And then Kurt immediately like drops all of his books and dashes behind a tree and is like, ah, by the, by the way, this tree he's hiding. This is so high school because we all did this shit, but he went to hide by hiding behind like the skinniest tree that you could still see Kurt completely behind. I know, but there's nowhere else he can go. So he's I know, just like th- knocks over a thousand books including amanda's books and she's just si- quietly like picking them up like oh my fucking god like this is my boyfriend he's so over dramatic it's oh ridiculous god. um it so is. anyway then we do a pan over to toad who's like in an alleyway nearby cruising in an alleyway like you do and he's just like watching the two of them and he's eating a fly and he's like watching kurt uses image inducer and like kind of chuckling at it and thinking about it yeah which is important then it there's a important. huge explosion and it cuts to gene and scott in scott's convertible and they're like uh did you see that huge fucking explosion and scott's like we gotta go right now and so they all drive over there luckily they're dating now because like they both are like addicted to like saving people and being little adorable heroes together but also considering they were everybody was stuck in traffic like two seconds ago scott and gene minute and they must have floated the car over there like how else did they get there so fast i don't know they could have just quickly changed and then gene could have floated both of them over there without the car i don't think they changed i think they're still in the regular civvy clothes here oh because yeah because they don't have be time right. to change yeah well, then wanda sees pyro and uses her powers to telekinetically essentially throw pyro across the bridge and mm-hmm. he just like does a bunch of gambit acrobatic <laughs> nightwing flips over everything and throws a keychain at her it like lands on her head she's like the fuck is this and then more <laughs> shit starts exploding the bridge literally starts to fall apart i don't know is this like the brooklyn bridge that's going down who knows i guess yeah i mean like the x-men okay so mutants in this universe it's like the equivalent of x-men tas where they just destroy russia in an episode like apparently they've just destroyed the brooklyn bridge i also wonder if wanda just quickly fixes all of this after she leaves because like it wouldn't really take that much that's something she could do so you're right that'd be great i don't think she did though i did like how she's like falling off the bridge and is like hanging on for dear life but the animation of her face is just like she's not actually worried at all she's just kind of like oh she looks kind of bored yeah i love it i just love it and so like cars are falling off the bridge and then scott and gene dash in there and like scott i don't even know what he's blasting at i'm like why would you <laughs> use your eye beams right now dude like you're not helping anything at no, all. No, but you know who does help? Storm, yes. who shows up out of nowhere and puts the fire out with the rain. I liked that Storm was just randomly in the background like, I'm just going to fix everything. She's not in this episode at all, by the way. She has no lies. She literally just does that calmly in the background. And then leaves. I loved yeah. it, Okay, honestly. so then, like, Scott and Jean help Wanda up. Yeah, and this yeah. is when they just have a normal conversation where I'm like, okay, yeah. so they're all friends. And Jean asks if, if Wanda's okay and Wanda just goes, I'll live, which I loved. It was very Daria of her to just be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> 
And um, Scott is surprised because he's like, why was Pyro after you? And Wanda's like, he was delivering a little message from my father. And Jean's like, Magneto, what kind of message? And Wanda's like, he wants me to stop looking for him and for his errand boy, my brother. And then she just walks away pissed off. And Jean goes, but Pietro's not hiding. He's back with the Brotherhood. And Wanda's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Obviously, immediately is going to head to the Brotherhood house and like murder Pietro. Yeah, I I loved that scene so much. I love and Jean's just like, yeah, he's like over there, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we cut to the Brotherhood Mansion and Pietro Ugh. is sexually sitting on a couch. Making Fred like be his personal slave. Well, he's like, making them all be his personal slaves. He's like, Fred, all you know about is food. So make me a sandwich. And then I'm going to criticize the sandwich that you made because I'm just going to be a dick. Like, I'm going to make this fat joke yeah. at your expense. He's like, make me 60 sandwiches and like do it a thousand times and fred is like okay i felt so sorry for fred and toad like oh my god me too and pietro walks over and he's like he's like can you make this sandwich right this time because you're you're fat and stupid and fred's like what the fuck are you even saying and it's like i think this is one of the first times in this show where they've like done an inappropriate joke about fred's fatness but also it's coming from pietro so it's actually meant to be like a horror like like yeah. a dig in a way where it's not supposed to be a joke to us it's supposed to make us be like dude stop treating fred this way that's the way i sort of read that yeah i did feel like you're supposed to be on like toad and fred's side here where like everybody's yeah. bullying them because of how they look but like that's not good you know what i mean like no i know i mean pietro's i i don't like that jokes are there i just like i think we're supposed to get that it's a bad thing to do because pietro is framed as very much a bad guy in this episode exactly that's the point is that it's supposed to be posed that pietro is still being a piece of shit now I don't. I wish they could have found a way to do that joke without that in yes, there. But it's also it's and also it doesn't negate the fact that I've already made like three seasons worth of fat jokes at Fred's expense. But yep, like, yep, I don't yep. Know. I'm so, with you. So anyway, Pietro is also making Toad stand on the roof holding up a satellite dish because that's how people watch TV back in the day. Viewers or listeners yeah. who are under the age of fifty. To be fair, they probably aren't paying for cable, so it probably is them trying to steal it from their neighbors. Oh, probably. It's so like. <laughs> so it's like toad like doing acrobatics up there nearly like falling. on his tippy toe yeah okay but then then what's great is that lance comes in he's clearly been working on his car because lance is a hot man yeah cleaning engine grease off of his hands like with yeah. a little rag yeah again he looks like freaking richter here yeah so then pietro is like um your your clothing is stupid and you should be like a little bit more better dressed if you're going to be on my team because everybody i know everything about fashion and i like to make everybody's suits including myself and that's just not gonna do honey and lance is like shut the fuck up and then he's like he starts walking away and pietro's like well whenever you're done doing like work on your car that seems totally unnecessary to me because who even uses cars when you can run around can you like move the armchair and lance just was like yeah sure and he shakes the whole house so the armchair like flies up to pietro goes over his head and crashes through the window toad falls off the roof and lance is like i'm gonna beat the everlading shit out of you you pretentious little prick like yeah which i kind of loved i love that lance is not taking shit from pietro at all fred comes in he throws the sandwich down and like food everywhere he's like i'm done with your shit also yeah and toad also comes in and is like fuck you and like all the three of them kind of band together i like that lance was like capable of standing up for himself and then like fred and toad are like yeah <laughs> it was just like I mean, okay, that's lance's guys. mo on this show is that lance has defended himself in almost every single 
scene that he's been in, especially like with Senator Kelly. He's he's not taking shit for anyone. Then Pietro's like walking around. He's like, Magneto put me in charge. And that takes a strong, fearless. And then he sees Wanda walking up to the house. And he goes, <laughs> Wanda, don't tell her I'm here. And he, which ironically hides in, in the, the closet. actual closet. In the <laughs> closet. Which felt oh actually like did feel intentional to me because he is a closeted gay guy on this show. Well, the, yeah, exactly. And they had written him to be gay specifically. So yep. Yep. I mean, yep. I, in the comic books, I've always considered Pietro gay too. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. Yeah. You so never know. Then Toad opens the door for Wanda <laughs> and he's like, hey, hot stuff. And Wanda just throws him aside. And Wanda's like, where's yeah. Pietro? And Toad's like, oh, he's just hiding in the closet. <laughs> and then I was like, I'll say. There's Wanda- a really long pause here after he says that line, by the way, which is very funny. All the characters turn and look at the camera, then look at the closet. And there's like a laugh track suddenly for the only time in the history of the show. <laughs> it's WandaVision. Yeah. Uh, Wanda blows up the door to the closet and Pietro's just hiding there. He's like, Thanks. What does he call him? Wart boy. He's like, thanks a lot, Wart boy. And Toad is just like shrugging, like, okay, whatever. You made a joke about my name. Thanks. Wanda (laughs) asks him where Magneto is. And Pietro is like, I still don't know. He only contacts me when he needs me. And then Wanda takes out the keychain and she's like, can you tell me what the fuck this is? And Pietro's like, how should I know? It looks like a ski lift ticket or something. And then Toad actually knows what it is. And he's like, oh, Mount Arrowrose. That's the local ski resort. Say the word poopsie and we'll hit the lodge and sip cocoa by the fire. And like Wanda's like, yeah, we're not fucking doing that. <laughs> and, and Toad is like following her and he's like, but I love you. And he asks what he has to do to win her love. And she says, be somebody else. And Toad is kind of thoughtful and he's like, hmm, I can do that. Which is, this is the plot of the episode, of course. So then we cut over to Kurt, who is showing up to Amanda's. Yeah, so Kurt is showing up to meet Amanda's parents, as as they were talking about. He's wearing a full little tux, which is really funny. Okay, it's really funny because he's also wearing it with khakis, which is like so of the time period. I don't know if you noticed that in the wide shot where I he's wearing like a really nice jacket and tie and button-up shirt, but doesn't have black pants to go with it. It's like really funny. Anyway. I mean, I'm sure he does because Xavier could give him like he gave him like a huge surround sound system he could buy him some slacks i think kurt just doesn't know how to dress himself considering his underwear is always up to his chest yeah i know i mean that's true of all the characters on this show it was the style at the time that was that was a look at the time yeah so kurt also brought flowers which is really cute um and amanda's like kurt you're early and kurt goes okay Okay, i'll I'll leave leave. (laughs) which i laughed so hard (laughs) me too me too it was like this is amazing and then amanda's like get in here you silly girl silly boy i guess he could be a girl too (laughs) yeah and so then kurt comes in and amanda's parents are sitting in the living room so amanda's dad is a tall black guy with glasses and her mom is an ethnically ambiguous woman she could be romani because it is margali by the way it is margali also this is this was very weird for me to watch because i was like was this gonna go in a direction where i think so because her mom is like wearing this cool kind of witchy outfit and like has an eastern european accent accent and like right and like i don't know i was curious though because in this show they've already established that kurt was raised by somebody else who was not margaret even though in the comics that's who it is i know but but here's the thing i was like how fucked up would it be if they did this thing later on in the show where they turned out that they were just disguising themselves as normal people because that's because we're meeting amanda sefton which kurt does not know amanda sefton she knew her as um jemaine that was that's her real name yeah so 
what if it's that plot? I I honestly have no idea. And like Amanda doesn't know the situation. I mean, this version of Amanda, I don't think they would. Or or she does, and like that's why she sought Kurt out in the first place. I mean, that would be kind of sad if like they had that turn out to be the case where she like was manipulating the situation in some way. When we finish this show, we will. I will definitely try and reach out to the creators of X Men Illusion and be like, "Can we get you on for an interview? Because we actually have like a lot of legitimate questions." <laughs> Like, can yeah, you imagine? Like, around, do it. We'd be like, "Hey, what were you going to do with season four? Yeah. Just tell hey, us or that. five. Like, just tell us your plan." Anyway, so um, so Kurt tries to give the flowers to Amanda's dad first, and then he's like, "Wait, they're for your mother. I mean, Amanda's mother." And he's like so nervous and like can't actually complete a sentence, and everybody just sort of laughs gently and is like, "Okay." Yeah. And Margalai walks over. And she's like, "Thank you, Kurt. I'll go put these in water." And um, Amanda's dad is like. Why don't you show him around, Amanda? I'll get us some cold drinks. And then he leaves and Kurt is like, they hate me, which they clearly don't. And he like can't read social interactions because he's so nervous and it's really cute. Um, But then his watch starts acting up and he turns blue for a second. Of course. And then we get a dramatic commercial break where Amanda's dad is walking back in the room and he's going to see blue Kurt. And instead of that, when we come back from commercial, Kurt just bamfs away into the kitchen to like quickly give his image inducer a smack and fix it, which works for some reason. But sure, whatever. I I think think it happens frequently. Yeah. Uh, But he's like right behind Amanda's mom and scares the shit out of her. So Margaret's like, the fuck is happening here? Yeah. Because she's like, how did you get in here so quietly? And Kurt's like, soft shoes? And then like slowly walks out again. Turns blue again. I mean, this is like one of the... It's kind of like the first episode of WandaVision where like things keep going wrong and Amanda's parents keep almost seeing blue Kurt and then he keeps like either bamfing away or turning back at the last second. Yeah, it does have that kind of vibe to it now that you yeah, pointed it out. I mean, out. it's like a classic like person has superpowers and is trying to hide it like really quickly just as the humans right. like barely see it. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. And so he teleports back into the other room. Yeah. And then then Margaret Lee comes in there and she's like, what the fuck is happening? Amanda's like, Kurt's on the track team. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Amanda's dad is like, well, let's eat. And then there's a ne- another scene. Well, no, the scene the scene just cu- cuts forward. So we don't see them eat. And apparently Kurt's watch didn't break over the course of dinner because they managed to get through dinner. Uh, also, Kurt's... Okay, I think this is funny that Kurt's watch also didn't break while he helped like Amanda's mom, Margaret Lee, do the entire dishes. I know. So like, it got wet and that is not when it happened. I and thought I was like, that was dokey. what was going to go wrong too. I was like, oh my God, it's going to break because he's like sticking his hands in water. But apparently <laughs> nope, not. Just kidding. He has a sports watch. It's waterproof. Yeah. And so then Kurt's like, thanks for dinner. And he's like, nothing could go wrong. Then Toad <laughs> literally jumps through. I'm not talking about like jumps through like an open window. He smashes through the kitchen window, glass shattering all over Margley, who screams. And yeah, Toad just starts screaming. leaping around the kitchen. And he like comes on Amanda's dad through his mouth, which is just him spitting his acid. He just throws jizz on Amanda's dad's face. So Amanda's dad can't see anything, which is important because... Toad is going to grab Kurt's image inducer off of his wrist and steal it, which means that Kurt is blue again. Yeah. Margley comically like slips on a sponge and lands on top of uh, Amanda's dad. Yeah. That's happening in the background. There's a bunch of wrestling happening between Kurt and Toad. This is the first time Kurt and Toad like wrestle for like a full five minutes. And that happens another 
five minutes later. So they're doing this. Toad jumps up on the chandelier. It smashes to the ground. Glass is flying everywhere. Kurt manages to steal back the image inducer at one point. So he at least looks normal for this entire fight for now. Right. For now. But everyone's like, what's happening? And then the vase that has the flowers is Amanda's grandmother's vase, which goes flying. Kurt catches it. Yeah. And Amanda screams like, don't break it. Kurt manages to catch it. It's actually a really funny scene when he catches it because both he and Toad like stop fighting for a second and are like, oh, we better catch the vase. And it's like really <laughs> cute. Yeah, but then, yeah, well, they've already broken the chandelier. I know, and then, and Kurt like carefully hands the vase back and then they go back to breaking every other thing everything. in the apartment. Like, Toad is literally going around the apartment <laughs> breaking every dish in like, I, know. I don't know. Like by hand. He's just like throwing them around. They explode. They, everything's shattering. The parents are trying to quickly pick everything up while this is happening. Yeah, they're like kneeling on the ground trying to pick everything up while these two random teenage boys are destroying their home. Everything, everything. Every single object in their home is broken. Then then Kurt kicks Toad out the front window, which is like one of those big, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, breaking it. Also breaking right. it. And that shatters. It goes everywhere. And then Kurt turns around and he goes, Mr. and Mrs. Sefton, I don't know what to say. And then Toad whips out his tongue from outside, grabs the watch, and then Kurt turns into Blue Self and everyone just stands there looking mortified. And then just like, <laughs> So who's up for dessert, guys? <laughs> yeah, and like that's the dramatic reveal that not only did Kurt destroy their entire apartment, he's also blue, which is like the least of their concerns at that point. Like it's uh, yeah, like at that point I'd be like, what's with the guy that came into my house? Like basically somebody <laughs> broke it and entered into their home, right? And like mm-hmm. destroyed everything can you imagine if you were like a parent maddie which we yeah. can't because we're both people that don't want children but imagine if you were a parent <laughs> that had like a teenage daughter yeah and she brings over somebody their, their, their significant other and like everything seems like it's going okay although the person seems a little strange and then, and then suddenly somebody else from their school breaks, breaks in. in they destroy my entire house and then also <laughs> it turns out that my daughter's significant other is blue i'm just like i don't even care anymore like i don't care I, about i, I, I would not care about the blue part like who cares about that? I'd be more like, uh, these kids just destroyed my entire fucking yeah. house and they're not coming back in it again. Like, yep. I have to replace yep. actually everything and that is awful. I mean, like, spoilers so. for the end, but I kind of don't blame Amanda's parents for being like, yeah, <laughs> we don't want you to date him because, like, the entire <laughs> scene was insane. It's like you kind of can't blame them. Like, it did seem like it went horribly wrong. Anyway, we're going to go to the ski resort now. Mount Arrow Rose where Wanda is riding in a gondola up to the mountain and some random guy walks over and sits next to her and starts hitting on her. And it turns out that it's Toad disguising himself using the image inducer. He still has Toad's teeth. Yeah, he has bad teeth and like kind of messy hair, but like he's taller now. Yeah. And he's, he's kind of got a different voice, but then he says, He's like going on the slopes, baby cakes. And yeah. Wanda's like, the fuck is this toad? So she blows up the entire ski lift. Everyone falls off that. Mm-hmm. Then she gets on like, I don't know, a tram or something. Yeah. yeah. And then she like gets off of that and her scarf blows away. And this other hot dude is like, I'll get that for you. And then he starts hopping like toad and she gets pissed <laughs> like off again frog. and blows up the tram. It's so yeah, funny. It is really funny. There's a lot of like slapstick comedy where people just throw toad like 6,000 feet and he's completely fine. I mean, I think because well, I mean, he's toad. toad. So yeah, it's like he can, he can just, just land on the ground. Boing away and he's always fine. So people are always like throwing toad really, really far away. So right. then we see yet another scene where one is on a ski lift with a snowboard, by the way. 
Um, Cause she's cool. I love that. She snowboards. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And so next to her on the lift, there's a really hot blonde ski instructor who introduces himself. He has like a um, Swedish accent or German. It's like one of those It's toad, but whatever. It's fine. We don't know that yet, <laughs> but she doesn't know that this time. She and doesn't. she's kind of into this one. She's like, Oh, this guy's actually kind of hot. Yeah, she's like, this guy's actually kind of hot. And so then he's in the midst of hitting on her again. But then Wanda looks down and sees another snowboarder who is pyro snowboarding down a slope and she's like i gotta go and she leaps off the lift and snowboards after him and the ski instructor leaves after her and then trips and falls because it's toad and he doesn't know how to ski at all but he's following her uh through the woods so wanda keeps following pyro and eventually she gets this big metal dome that's like Okay, so why is Magneto... I like how this is like a version of... um, Not Asteroid M, but like, you know how Magneto had that like, you know, Fortress of Solitude in Antarctica or whatever on X-Men TAS? I thought about that too. I also thought about how we saw this dome a few times before in other episodes. Yes, and in other areas. Where is it? Like, the dome was in the desert before where like Rogue and uh, was riding the ATVs with Logan and Kurt. Yes, and so now he's moved the dome over here, but I think it's really... It's really funny to me that he chose to put this dome like in a ski resort yeah. because they just ski down to it. So like everybody could see that this weird metal dome is like there. They're dome on right there. Like, and they're skiing, right? So that means they're on a mountain, which means that they can like hike or ski anywhere and like look down and see it. It's a terrible hiding place. As somebody who hikes and I go, I go up high yeah. and I'll be like, once when you're up high, I'm like, I can see pretty much everything. Yeah. So like, it's like, <laughs> this is not very It's not well a good hidden. hiding Although, spot at all. Maybe Magneto likes to ski in his free time. So you wanted to pick a home. Like this is Skyrim where you pick like the closest home you want to the city you want the place you want to hang out yeah so he just likes skiing i guess and picking up dudes in in the lodge why not i love that pyro is the one who's like snowboarding i'm like dude you have like if you didn't have that pack attached to your back you would have zero use of your powers in the snow yep but that's why he has the pack attached to his back anyway that's so true. he gets to the metal metal dome and wanda's watching from a distance except unfortunately magneto knows she's there because he sends out a metal sphere that like blows knockout gas at her and she starts coughing and passes out toads following on foot he manages to catch up in time to see somebody taking wanda carrying her inside of the dome isn't it the i thought the orb did that i think it's a person i watched this Maybe. a couple times it's really hard to see because it's super far away yeah but um it doesn't matter wanda gets carried inside the dome one way or another now we go to the expansion kurt is sitting at his desk longingly looking at a photo of himself and amanda and like crying um, yeah, I mean, that's like literally what's happening here. And, and then shows Toad up. shows up again and Kurt screams that Toad ruined his life. And Toad goes, now I'm sensing some hostility here. Which is pretty funny. And then this, this is like when they full on rustle around on the ground gaily for five minutes. This is where the ship comes from right here. Yeah. First, they're on there. They do it on his bed for a while, which yep. I'm like, okay, this is happening. Then they fall off the bed. Then they're on the floor. Then they're rolling around and like touching each other and struggling and yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Toad gets him in a headlock and then goes, would this be the wrong time to ask for a favor? Which is very like, okay, guys. Uh, anyway. Yeah, what is happening here? <laughs> so then um, eventually Toad is like, look, I haven't got your inducer, but you'll get it back. I promise. I just need your help with a teeny weeny matter and they're going to work together. It's going to be adorable. 
Okay, right. so now, now we get we this go incredibly dark scene. <laughs> saddest scene in the entire episode. Welcome uh, to this. This is the one I warned everybody else. Okay, I've been warning you and everyone who listens to this show about this scene since the beginning of season three. Well, because I think because you probably remembered it due to it being so fucked up. I mean, it's I mean, like it is. I was the like, worst. the fuck is this? I, yeah. know, I think as soon as Wanda was introduced in season two, yeah, I was like, you were like, this this horrible scene is going to happen later. Just get ready. Yeah, like, I don't blame just get you. ready. It's really haunting it's very weird i think it's a good scene i don't think it should like i don't feel like it shouldn't be there i think it's good for their plot that they're they're developing and i really would like to see how it was going to play out in the long term because obviously this little band-aid was not going to last forever because it's fucking wanda yep so so anyway wanda is strapped into a metal chair inside of magneto's weird dome and magneto's like walking around her dramatically and he's like I expected Pyro's trail of clues would lead you here. Okay, like trail of clues. It was like him setting a bridge on fire and throwing a key chain at her. That's it. That's all it was. Good job, Pyro. So then Magneto goes, Wanda, leaving you in that hospital was one of the most difficult things I ever had to do. I know it must have been hard on you. And I was just like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, Wanda's like, shut the fuck up. I hate you. And Magneto goes, it was for your own good. And I'm like, Dude, he's the worst on this show. I, I, dude, I really hate this version of Magneto in X Men Evolution. He's terrible. He really is. And Wanda goes, "You never cared about me, only about yourself. I was just something else in your way," which is a hundred percent true. I think. I think she's so right. That, no, it, she's right because that's what the end of this conversation turns into. Is that yes. he proves her point right? Yeah, and his response is, "Wanda, I hoped we could start building a new relationship," which is basically like. He didn't even apologize. He's just like, I hoped that you would just get over this based on nothing. Also, this is the same manipulative shit that Boom Boom's dad was pulling on her yep. in that episode where he was yep. like, I just like want to start new. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like based on what? You've done nothing to earn that at all. Oh, and I so agree. Wanda's like not in this lifetime. And Magneto goes, I see. Unfortunate. And then he like walks away from her and he's like, the fact is, Wanda, your single minded quest to eliminate me has become a serious liability. See, so she's right. She was yeah. right that Magneto <laughs> was like, yeah, you're still in my way. And he's like, since I can't secure your cooperation voluntarily, I'll do it by other means which is like you could have just apologized to her like that might have helped that's all she like honestly yeah but like magneto's playing the xavier here where he's like i'm never wrong yeah and he's like i'm just gonna brainwash you instead of actually doing anything also which is also an xavier which also xavier i know but he can't do it himself so he brings in mastermind and he's like mastermind here will delve into your memories and alter them hopefully your mind won't be too damaged by the process like jesus we get this fucking scene where mastermind is rewriting every horrific thing that's ever happened to wanda and replacing it with like comedically like jarringly happy memories that are terrifying in comparison like everything about it is terrifying. it's almost like the opposite of what happened at the end of wandavision where agatha was like no uh let's replace those fake memories that are happy with like the real ones yes. and let's deal with those yeah yeah so like we see a flashback to child wanda getting taken to the asylum and she's like screaming and crying and then now it's magneto like taking her and pietro on a carousel in like yeah. a circus and then we see we see the scene that we didn't ever see before this was so fucked up this scene i yeah. was like what so it's like when baby wanda was in the asylum apparently they had her completely isolated like she had no human contact and she was like in this metal room where they would just open a door and like put food in and like not talk 
to her. There wasn't even like a bed. It's just this empty yeah, room no and bed. they slide in this food for her. And it's like garbage food. And she's just sobbing and like eating it alone. And like, I don't like she's basically in solitary confinement as a child. Like, I don't That's even so fucked I, it's up. like the worst torture that you could imagine. And you're giving it to this child. Oh, I know. So that's replaced with Wanda and Mignano on a picnic. And she's like eating a huge lollipop, which like, okay. Um, and then there's the scene of Magneto almost dying when getting hit by the Sentinel, which was Wanda's doing um, because she was like imprisoning his powers. And then that's replaced by Wanda and Magneto watching fireworks together. And this one's sort of interesting because even in the memory, Wanda looks suspicious of what's happening, which I thought was kind of a cool animation. Yeah, I, well, I think that's because this was not going to last forever. Yeah. I think that's and that's sort of why I'm like, oh, I'm sad that we didn't get to see where this plot was going. Yeah. I'm sure it was going to result in like one of those Wanda mind, you know, where she like has a meltdown and starts altering everything. And it's like, what's the real world type of thing. Yeah. I'm sure that's where it was going to go, but we will never know. So we'll have to ask the creator someday. Yeah. But it's really awful. This scene was like, it's spooky and taunting. It's very well done. It is. Um, it's not something I think Magneto would do. <laughs> no, but this version of Magneto apparently would do it because he's basically Xavier. And like, I don't know. It It's really haunting. Okay, yeah, but Xavier in the comic books during House of M, he was like, I think Wanda's a lost cause. So let's all gain up and try to kill her. That was Xavier's <laughs> plan. So I mean, yeah, although that's not that different from Mag- what Magneto's doing because he's killing like aspects of her mind like he's taking away who she is by deleting memories i mean i don't know it's terrible it's also like those are things he was responsible for and instead of owning that and actually like working through that he's just like let's delete that i don't know it's really fucked up it's really fucked up and uh, there it is it's it's like a traumatizing scene it's like not and it's like in the middle of this episode that for the most part has been while pretty serious in terms of like the whole identity issue thing yeah there's like it's been pretty slapstick and then suddenly in the middle there's like this incredibly dark scene yeah i I don't know although it does kind of fit in with like the idea of who are you really and like can you just cover that up or not and you can't and can we can we change things about you that we don't like yes yeah yeah. So, I mean, it really, it's it's got a good theme. Anyway, so then it goes outside and Toad and Kurt are planning to teleport and save Wanda. Toad reveals that he's had the image inducer all along and Kurt angrily screams that he's leaving. And Toad's like, listen, I mean, obviously we we need to save her, yeah. number one. Yeah, I actually liked that Toad did this, by the way. Like, he basically gives Kurt a choice by being like, listen, I'm not going to hold the image inducer over your head. I'm just going to give it to you now. And do you want to help me save Wanda or not? And Kurt is like, you know what? I do. And like, it's really nice, actually, that like Toad doesn't fuck with him. Okay, this is great, though, because like after this point in the show, Kurt and Wanda are very friendly to each other, which is... I mean, that happens a lot in the comic books. Uh, Wanda and Kurt Wagner are very good friends. And in mm-hmm. an alternate universe, they did have that child Nocturne together, who yep. is a very popular character. So, like, they definitely are playing into that going forward. But it's also like Kurt is a good person and fundamentally so is Toad. Like, Toad doesn't actually want to fuck with people. Okay, but also so is Wanda. Like, yeah. all three of these characters are, like, fundamentally good characters. They just have, like, different ways about dealing with and it. And they're just teenagers and they're kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I like that. And so then Toad also is like, I just want a chance to look good for Wanda, like you do for Amanda, which I thought was an interesting line, so I just wanted to highlight it. Oh, yeah. And Toad is like, hiding who we are is something you and I got in common, especially if it's for someone we care about. And like they had this moment of kind of being sad together and being like, 
I don't know, bonding, basically. I liked that scene because, like, this, again, goes with the theme of, like, hiding who you are, what you look like, who you are. And I I felt that was very good. being closeted, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so Toad takes back the watch and turns into the hot ski instructor again. And Kurt, like, sighs and is like, oh, my God. You know what's really funny is, like, I didn't know that you could program this image inducer to do so many things. But okay. Yeah, I didn't either. But I guess we're supposed to believe that Toad has the capacity to do that. But, like, sure. Or Or it's just all on there. And Kurt chooses that one look all the time. I wonder why. Xavier had all these random things programmed into this watch. Who knows? Xavier's like, <laughs> he's probably like would toss it at Magneto sometimes or he would toss it at somebody else and be like, put on the Magneto skin. I want to see that right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Xavier's a weird guy. Who knows? Anyway, Kurt teleports them in. They run past Pyro and Colossus. Colossus hears them, but then they like teleport Gambit. away. Gambit's there too Yeah, Gambit's there too. Yep. So basically we see the uh, Magneto's nasty boys walking okay, around. But Col- okay, Colossus is like moving the boxes around and the, yeah. and I wrote, is this all Colossus does? Because yes. in everything, yes. like in every show, it's just him moving shit. They're like nobody else, even the movies, like Colossus will be like walking by carrying a huge tv and it's like uh okay (laughs) it's all he does all he does so then toad and kurt are up in the rafters and they're watching mastermind brainwashing wanda which is like really fucked up and so then mastermind obviously senses them and he stops and he's like magneto there's intruders like i immediately can tell this and toad leaps down and shoots a bunch of jizz onto mastermind's face because that's his one (laughs) move and then he runs over to open up wanda's chair but he isn't actually like capable of opening it because he doesn't know how and toad is like uh kurt is like hurry up and toad's like hey i skipped this day in hero class okay you got a better idea and kurt just grabs wanda and teleports her out of the chair and then like hands him back to toad so that toad can like still be the hero who saves her oh yeah quote which i thought that was cute even though it's so i dumb. thought that was cute too i enjoyed it i enjoyed it and so then kurt eventually teleports himself and wanda and toad out of there just as magneto and the nasty boys are walking in and magneto's like says to mastermind so did you finish the job and mastermind's like yeah and magneto's like great just let him go then because it's done so who cares yeah magneto's not good in this that's it that's that's the the turnout then yeah. it goes over to Wanda waking up. The ski lodge. They're at the ski yeah. lodge and the sexy German guy whose toad is holding Wanda and mm-hmm. they like make out hardcore. Yes. It's like, Wanda, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, don't so do this. Wanda wakes up and briefly forgets she's gay, makes out with this hot ski instructor who she thinks saved her. And then um, he transforms back. I don't know why. I think the image inducer just stops working or something. And Wanda, I mean, there's nobody else in this ski lodge. It's just them. Yeah, it's. I think they're in like a room. I mean, they're in a little room together. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Um. So Wanda leaps out of his arms and is like, Toad! And then she turns to Kurt and she's like, get me out of here. And Kurt goes, you know, he's a slimy worm, but he did put his life on the line for you. And Wanda turns back around to Toad and she's kind of like, all right, thank you. But she doesn't make out with him again because she doesn't no. actually like no, him. She, sm- she smiles a little bit at him and then Toad gets all the cute faced, but then he eats a fly and Wanda's immediately grossed out and leaves. And Kurt smiles at him, maybe romantically. And then Toad goes, aw, I'm my own worst enemy. Yeah, which is kind of true. Which is pretty sad. But he's also like a teenage boy and doesn't really know how to like talk to people he has a crush on yet. And like, you know. No, he doesn't. Yeah. And then and then it cuts to Amanda Kurt walking in the moonlight. Yes. Walking in the moonlight. Because Amanda snuck out of her house to see him, of course. Which is like such teenager move, and I and that's fine. And I'm here for I it. I know. So. That's why they're that's why it's the middle of the night, probably. They're walking around in the woods together. It's the middle of the night. <laughs> or anyway, Kurt says he, he's saying something about um, Like how her parents won't let her see him. 
Amanda says, I don't care. They don't know you like I do. You're kind and you're gentle. And Kurt's like, and I destroyed the house. And Amanda's <laughs> like, look, they can forbid all they want, but I'm not giving up on us. And I hope you don't either. And then they like hop into the bushes and like strip down and bone right there. Classic teenage, nowhere else to bone but the bushes. Um, then yep. we go back to the Brotherhood house. Wanda's organizing a bookshelf that's like already broken, which is like kind of funny because all of their furniture is trash at the Brotherhood right. house. And Toad is just leaning against it talking to her and he's like let me get this straight you're not mad at your father anymore and wanda's like i thought this was interesting like the voice actress is like talking in a higher voice like it's as though she has lost i mean she's not traumatized anymore because she has no memory of it so it's like she's a different person suddenly and she's like not really i know i was once but it's funny i can't seem to remember why it's all a blur and it's like whoa who the fuck is this like how fucking weird is that this is also very wanda this will happen to like wanda will do this to herself though in the comic books where she's like does this highly traumatic event and then later on she's like Oh, I don't remember any of that happening. Yeah. I mean, it happened to like Young Avengers after House of M where they're like, she's like, I have amnesia and I'm married to Dr. Doom now. Who's, who's Wanda Maximoff? And everyone's like, uh, oh it's God. you. Also, yeah. you're our mom. And then she's like, wait, I do remember everything. And then breaks down. Like, that's oh, Wanda for you. I'm it's sure we're going to get. I mean, I don't know what happens. There's no scene where she either. breaks down. Anyway, I don't think so. So Toad is Toad is immediately going to tell her. He's like, man, they really did a number on your head. Now, let me enlighten you, Snookums. See, when you were a kid and then Petra zips in, tackles Toad and drags him into the kitchen at super speed. And he's like, are you nuts? Why do you want to start all that again? She's a lot happier without those memories which means she'll stop looking for Magneto, which means she'll stick around here near you. And Toad kind of laughs and is like, okay, you got a point. Besides, if she can get over hating her father, there's hope for me yet, which I hate this slide. Like, come on, Toad. I know. And then you have so it's like T-O-A-D, Toad. Toad. And it's like playing the Toad theme song. And it's like, um, Toad, I don't. <laughs> that's not going to work. Uh, no i i okay but also like i know that you disagree with toad's decision here because it is the wrong decision but it's also influenced by pietro it is influenced by pietro i also like i feel like the version of toad that was gonna immediately tell her like that's the real toad like that's what he wanted to do you know like he was immediately gonna be like okay here's every single thing that happened to you in your life like he wasn't going to not tell her and then pietro is the one you're right who's like no let's just let's do the shitty thing. Let's not tell her anything. Right. Let's fool her. And like, that is kind of what this episode is about is like, just lie to people, you know? And like, that's not the right decision. Like that is also what the episode is saying is like, you can't really hide who you are. You can't just cover up the past. You can't redo memories or you can try to, but like, that's what the evil characters do in the show. And like, it's the wrong thing to do come out of the closet baby come out yeah. of the closet well i mean pietro already did it once in this episode <laughs> yeah he was forced out by wanda fellow gay wanda <laughs> everyone's gay magneto's children are gay magneto's gay xavier's Professor gay, Xavier's gay. <laughs> this is a sad episode but it's also like interesting and really fits in the themes of the show i liked it a lot i did too i i'm willing to give it a five out of five yeah, i like this too. episode i really liked when it I was, when i was first watching it i was like maybe it's more like a four out of five but I'm, then i watched it i was like no it does a very good job of keeping with the themes that you talked about Maddie. yeah and also like i like how even the mastermind scene at the beginning that i didn't realize was relevant actually 
actually is relevant. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all connected. It's all connected like the <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's all, the, it's the multiverse. Oh my God. Marvel's what if. Where's Quake? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Peggy Carter is Captain America? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I do like the themes here that you already kind of like touched on with mm -hmm. the idea of like identity what you look like what you're perceived as what you think you look like and what you think you're perceived as and also like you cannot actually suppress who you are right you can't do that like the reason why wanda got put in the asylum in the first place was because magneto was basically like sending her to conversion therapy because she was in his way and like like you can't you can't just get rid of who somebody truly is. I mean that's I mean that's what Xavier likes to do, but in this episode it's Magneto who does it with yeah. the help of Mastermind. Yeah. I do like the various different points that we have on this. So like you have Kurt and Amanda, and Kurt's like, I wanna hide who I am. I don't want people to know the real me. Amanda's like, What the fuck, why not? Mm -hmm. Toad doesn't have any faith in himself either, to the point where he's like, In order to get Wanda's attention, I have to look hot because why would she like me otherwise? I'm a terrible person yeah. and I hate myself. And so also he's like capable of being manipulated because he's so insecure like Pietro's able to capitalize on that because like Toad and Fred are both really insecure and that's why Pietro can take advantage of them which is like sad but real yeah there I mean that's true that is a real thing and the only person who stands up to them is Lance who doesn't have that same self-image yeah. challenge that any of those other characters have although he has his own issues but yeah self-image isn't one of them well he's just angry all the time but then <laughs> yep. and then you have mastermind who's disguising himself as both hot men and women yeah. and he finds himself ugly on the inside yeah and he's trying to figure out if he likes himself as a man or a woman and hasn't figured out that yet which is interesting then you have magneto who's like wanda has accepted who she is and i don't like that so i'm gonna suppress that like mm -hmm. it's all around i would even say that amanda's parents like, I think for the most part, they don't seem to have a problem with Kurt being blue and a mutant. They have a problem with the fact that he, like, destroyed their house and was, like, an asshole. Yeah. Well, Kurt perceives it as, like, oh, her parents hate me because I'm a blue mutant. That's why he perceives it. And yep, Amanda's like... Because that's what he hates about himself. And he wasn't right. thinking to himself, like, oh, me attempting to disguise who I really was actually resulted in extreme violence for, like, me and the people that I love. And maybe I shouldn't have done this. Like, I know, right? Like, so, I mean, it's really interesting. Like, and I, I didn't really think about it like i mean i did when i was watching it but i was thinking about it on the scale of like kurt and toad yeah pretty primarily but then when you added mastermind and what was happening with wanda i was like no this is the theme of the episode which yeah. is actually really smart and really good and i i liked that there's a lot of hiding of who you are and a lot of trying to decide who you are and figuring out who you are uh, not being happy with who you are or being happy with you who you are and being told that that is wrong yeah those we, we don't actually see in this episode, the other version of that, where it's like figuring out who you are, being happy with yourself, being confident in yourself, uh, people who are supportive of who you are. It's like all the opposite shit, which I think at the time that this was made, especially like for the LGBTQ community, there was all this. This was the main mm -hmm. discourse that we were all facing in 2002. Yeah, I do think that final scene with Kurt and Amanda where Amanda's sneaking out to see him is the closest we get to that where she is like, listen, I don't care what other people think. I still love you and I'm not giving yeah. up on you and I hope you won't either. Like that's her line is basically like, don't give up on yourself. And that... I think is important to basically just like have this character who's like, 
there for Kurt, even though he is not there for himself. I mean, it's kind of a fantasy, but I, I think it's cute. I agree with that. And it, I think it's unfortunate that like they didn't end on that scene because that went back to the darker scene because then it ends with Pietra, who also is like, yo, Toad, we can't let her be herself because like, why would we want her to be that? She's happier if we don't let her feel her feelings, basically. Yeah, which is which fucked is fucked up. up. Also, the kind of thing that Pietro would have and has done to Wanda in the comic books. Yeah, like, and here too. I mean, he's closeted. He's miserable. Like he's got his own issues. So, oh, that's true. I just I like that this version of Quicksilver on the show did a really good job with Wanda and his relationship because I know, like in the movies, we are depicted with like. Oh, they miss each other a lot, which I think earlier on in the comic books, they were very close. But as like, I don't know, I would say like since the 90s, like when Pietro kept betraying her for like Magneto or whatever, like, like this is a constant where Pietro is like supposed to be like her twin brother. And sometimes like he's there for her and they're close, but then he'll manipulate her like all the fucking like House of M was like created because Pietro manipulated her feelings on the situation. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, Oh, I did that to protect you. And Magneto, then Magneto like straight up kills Pietro. He's like, no, fuck this. And then Wanda brings it back to life and she does a whole new more new thing. But like, mm-hmm. he is like this. Pietro is not, he's manipulative. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And he's like, he's not comfortable with himself. If he just came out of the fucking closet, he'd be happier. <laughs> I know. I agree with that. I agree with that on this show as well. And I feel like, at least to me, that feels like a motivation as to why he is the way that he is in terms of just how unhappy he is. Is because it's like, come out of the closet, dude, and like stop projecting. Yeah. And also, like, he seems like kind of uncomfortable with being a mutant sometimes. I don't know. Like, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, We do have a short Who's That X-Men today. Okay. Who's That X-Men? All right, so I wasn't planning to do this until I watched the episode, but I did choose to do Margali. Is it Margali? I think it's Margali. I don't Margali? know. We asked Marjali? this last time. They, they actually say it in this episode, and it's like Margali or something. Margali, and I was like, that's, that's it. That's not at all what I thought it was, but okay. Um, but I think I'll it's Margali. Well, let's call her Margali. Margali Sarzos, which we talked about a little bit when we did the highlight on Amanda mm-hmm. slash Jermaine. And yep. In that, we had a lot of focus on Amanda specifically, so it just kind of sounded like Margali basically was doing fucked up shit to Amanda. And so I did go and do a little bit of her character history. It's going to be a lot of repeated stuff, and it's very short, but I think this will actually make it a little bit easier to understand what the fuck she was doing. So mm-hmm. Margali was created by Chris Claremont and John Romita Jr., and her first appearance was X-Men Annual Number 4, she was supposedly born in Paris and taught magic by her mother. Her magic is known as the Winding Way, and she is Romani. Um, so the Winding Way, I don't remember if Doctor Strange also... Isn't that the thing that Doctor Strange also subscribes to? I cannot remember. Oh, God, I'm not I a Doctor know. Strange person, so like I don't really care. I'm Googling it. Apparently, it's at least mentioned in a Doctor Strange comic book, but I don't, I don't think it was his okay. magic. All right, so I do think... I think I'm thinking of Wanda's mom. And yeah, I think of Wanda, maybe. essentially, where they go down the winding way and it's basically, I don't know, a quest to get stronger and there'll be stronger sorcerers ahead of you. And like the top sorcerer is like Sorceress Supreme, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you wipe all the people out in front of you, then like you become Sorceress Supreme or you don't or you just stay OK, like doing your own thing. So anyway, Margali has two children, Stefan and Jemaine, who is less. Jemaine's also later known as Amanda Sefton. 
Margali had an affair with Azazel. You know who mm-hmm. Azazel is. Around the same time, Mystique was posing as the wife of Baron Christian Wagner. And so when Mystique threw Kurt off the waterfall because like she gave birth to like a blue mutant baby, he was later found and adopted by Margali. So that's important to note. Mm-hmm. Margali worked as a fortune teller when okay so the, the, with, when you think about that though that means Azazel was fucking both Mystique and Margali at the same time so like literally Azazel fucked both of Kurt's moms I know I know it's kind of messed at up at the same time at the same time uh, so Margali worked as a fortune teller when she discovered the demon Belasco was sowing seeds of destruction into the earth she then tricked Jemaine slash Amanda and well, that's this point I'll just call her Amanda for a listener's sake mm-hmm. and Kurt into Stain and Dare Yarmark I think that's how you pronounce it, by killing their trapeze mentor, Sabu, which we talked about that a little bit. Yeah. That's when Kurt left to join the circus in Florida, and Amanda followed Kurt to America and changed her name to Amanda Sefton, taking a job as a flight attendant and having an on and off and again relationship with Kurt before revealing who she was. Now, we talked about that in Amanda's spotlight. Going yeah. to back to Margali, years later, Margali learned that Amanda and Kurt had killed Stefan, which we talked about in Amanda's character history, so you'll have to go back and listen to that in season two of X-Men Evolution. In grief, Margali exiled Kurt's soul to a version of Dante's Inferno's dimension. With the help of Amanda and Doctor Strange, they were able to recover Kurt and his soul. During Margali's time of weakness on the Winding Way, she was captured by the demon Despair. After she is rescued by Amanda and Kurt, Margali began her quest to possess the Soul Sword. Margali tricked her daughter again by giving her a warning of a sorcerer, Grave Moss, who was trying to kill everyone on the Winding Way. And so Amanda traveled out to Weir Island and found out that Grave Moss had possessed Kurt. And after Amanda defeats Grave Moss, she gets the soul sword. She gives the soul sword to Margali. So basically, that was a huge setup where she made Amanda do all the work for her to get the soul sword. Yeah, sucky. And then Margali then uses it to kill everyone above her on the winding way so she could reign as su- uh, Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. Hoping to release a demon under London, Margali joined the UK branch of the Hellfire Club and kidnapped the Hybrid Mutant, Duglock. She was defeated by Excalibur and Margali disappeared soon after, only to later be captured by Belasco. With her last bit of magic, Margali swapped souls with her daughter. We talked about this a little bit before, putting her in Amanda's body and took Kurt to Limbo, where they were able to rescue her actual body and defeat Belasco. After the battle, Kurt returned to the X-Men and Margali left Amanda to rule in Limbo. I like how I like that Margali created this situation. And then she's like, by the way, Amanda, you have to be in charge of Limbo now. Like, this is your problem to deal with. <laughs> Margali later appeared to find Nightmare torturing Amanda Nightmare was under the control of the demon Hive, who was looking for the Soul Sword. So Margali, Kurt, Amanda, and Nightmare teamed up to defeat the Hive. During the battle, Margali revealed that Kurt was in possession of the Soul Sword. And where is Margali now? She's probably doing something shady. Who fucking knows? <laughs> but there you go. That's all you need to know about her, which is why when we were watching this episode, I was like, hmm, I wonder if she was up to some shady shit here. Like, was she like manipulating the situation? Or they were just kind of keeping it open. They were like, let's just have We her should start be... like an Excel spreadsheet of questions that we will one day ask the creators of the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I feel like she was definitely meant to be read as Romani in this in terms of like her visual design and skin tone. I don't know. I And I like... Amanda being a mixed race character is interesting and, and fine. I mean, I, I like the conception of that for X-Men Evolution. There's no reason I why they too. can't do that. Yeah, I like the show. I, I feel like they definitely left it open in terms of like what they wanted to reveal later. And it was probably just like which storylines they cared to adapt or not and like had time to or not, which is the part that's too bad. Right. And I, I think it would have been interesting if they had gone down some route where they were like, oh, actually, Margali does have Margali, Margali, Margali. <laughs> 
why is our name so complicated for me? I don't Margali. know. I mean, it's also comic books, so it's like we never heard it aloud, really. So we don't actually know like how it's well, supposed okay. to be pronounced. I'm trying to go by Margali because that's what they say in the show. It's just like I've been calling her Margali for so long that I've yeah. been saying that. And now like, oh, it's Margali. OK. Anyway, do you want to talk about who's gay? <laughs> the There was nobody gay in this episode whatsoever. Well, I mean, I'm kidding. Toad and I'm Kurt. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> okay, kidding. Okay. Oh my god! I was like, ah, uh, okay. If you say so. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Toad and Kurt. Like, obviously, how many times do they wrestle gaily on the floor? They literally go onto Kurt's bed and wrestle there. I'm like, do boys do this? Do like straight? I don't okay, know. straight I don't men who know. listen to this show, can you please write in to the ages at gmail.com and inform me if. You Do as you a straight wrestle? teenager got into bed with another man and wrestled with them for like, I don't know, five to ten minutes at a time. Was that a thing? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's that part of it. Then there's also like the mastermind stuff at the beginning where like he's like, apparently a gender fluid character. I just feel like the entire episode was so queer coded that it's almost hard to like separate that out from like the literal oh, yeah, aspect agree. of it because I'm just like every single character in this seems kind of gay or queer. I mean, there's also Wanda. Wanda's in this. Yeah. And even though she's been hit on by Toad, I like the idea that Toad keeps on macking on Wanda. Wanda's like, I'm not having this because I'm gay. And Toad's like, but I want you to be my beard. And yeah. he's like hopping around or being like, I'm so into you. Why aren't you into me? And Wanda's like, I'm gay. Also, <laughs> so are you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the only person who she kind of likes is like the most femme of the guys that he turns into so i'm kind of willing to go with that but yeah i don't know i guess that's a that's a good point i didn't even think about that yeah interesting interesting point yeah yeah, i mean we're gonna give the trophy to toad and kurt Kurt. yeah because you know they're buddies too i I don't know they're like they work together to save wanda (laughs) yeah yeah they're butt buddies um yeah so i'm rooting for them i understand all the arc of our own fiction now uh and i'm happy (laughs) for everybody who wrote it and i'm glad they got their episode finally yeah now i'm opening an archive on our own now to to check it out (laughs) let me see all fandom x-men evolution why is dr strange something in here Okay, so characters, Kurt Wagner, Toad, and that's all you do, right? And then you go sort and filter. Oh my God, I found some titles in there. Okay, the first one I opened up says, my neck, my my back, back, lick lick it. it. Oh my God. (laughs) Different, but the same. My tears are becoming a sea. The stars and planets are calling me. Man, this sounds like everything I wrote in high school. Mm. Uh, what a drag. I can only imagine what that means. Um, one of them is called Queer Eye for the Toad Guy, which can only be about a makeover, right? That sounds adorable. It has to, it has to be. There's also one called Call Me By My Name, which is a famous LGBTQ movie that they just literally called that. Yeah. Uh, in, in Your Arms Tonight. I like this one that's titled Kurt Todd Working Title. I- <laughs> I feel for this person. <laughs> uh, the flashy frog from Flushing. I okay. I didn't want to read all of these. Cesspool of love. This is incredible. I love this. Yeah. So this is. And by the way, there's like eight pages of this. Yeah. I'm not talking about this one story. No, I'm talking we're talking about, about like, all there's eight of pages. It. All of it. So I mean, it's really interesting that this was like something that people hooked onto, and I didn't understand it at the time. But going back now, I can understand why every single one of these writers, especially if you're listening to this show, why. You, went into this like sort of like smut route with these two characters. I mean, they just wrestled on a bed together for 
several hours i don't know yeah i'm distracted by this uh story description i'm reading about boom boom toad and kurt in like sort of a threesome situation (laughs) i'm like why these three characters i don't you know what's really funny is that like i'm pretty sure that in the warcraft valley podcast right there was definitely at some point where Kurt was baning Boom Boom and Boom Boom was also baning Toad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So apparently I also had this thought process. Yep. I could see it. All right. I yeah. need to stop reading these. Anyway, um, this has been our, our show. <laughs> Let's do some yep. plugs. So I would recommend going to mutantages.com. There's a bunch of really cool stuff there. For example, our email address, themutantages at gmail.com. While I'm saying that, I should also let all of you know that in two weeks, we're going to do a listener feedback episode. So please write in and tell us your thoughts. And also, you can join our Discord channel. MutantAges.com on the right-hand side has a link to it. Well, <laughs> Is that Yoshi saying that's right? It sounded great. <laughs> oh, Stitch. Stitch is here. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Um, and You could also, if you don't want to email us, you can also send physical mail to us at P.O. Box 3344 in Natick, Massachusetts. 01760, baby. I will go check that this week because every single time we do this, I'm like, I'll go check it and then like proceed to forget. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail at 1508-319-1668, which we will listen to on our reader mails. So, or I keep on saying reader, but it's really a listener mail. So if you want to send us a phone message, you can do that now. You have about probably about a week before we record it. This is actually one of the useful parts of us being bi-weekly again, is that we can announce we're doing a reader mail and then people actually have enough time, time to yeah, send because in we the messages. Have, we won't record it for another week. So there, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so those are all the various ways. Also, if you go to the mutantages.com and you click on the link to the right to the Discord, there you can go and talk to other people that listen to the show and join in on the conversations together. It's been very active lately. I have not even checked this morning's yet, but there's a bunch of stuff in there. The people, our listeners are all very fantastic. Like there's never anything negative in here. We talk about comic books, TV. I post about when I'm going on Twitch. There's been a lot of talk about comic books in here, especially with uh, Tim Drake, Robin coming out as pansexual or bisexual in the comic books. So, yeah. you know, we, we talk about all that. And we also have like other sections for talking about being queer or mental health, or if you want to promote your stuff, like we're here for you. So yeah, yeah it's, a really it's a good fun, place to be. Uh, supportive discord of fellow mutants. So please join, please hang out. Um, and then also we have a ton of social media. So you can follow us basically anywhere on the internet that you want, where the mutant age is everywhere. TikTok, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, TikTok's pretty important because yeah. that's like blowing it's up. It's the coolest place to follow us by far. Also, we have a that's YouTube right. channel where we're playing X-Men video games. We open physical mail on there. Ryan edits together clips from this show to clips from the animated series that we watch. And it's pretty funny. Uh, so, yeah, definitely give that a subscribe as well. And, you know, you could follow Ryan's theme park vlog channel on YouTube, too. He's Ryan Pagella on there. So that's right. And where else are you on the Internet, Ryan? I was going to say on Twitch, but those are the big places. The YouTube channel and the Twitch channel. Uh, by the way, we just last night were starting like a weekly thing within um, the Mutant Ninja Discord where everybody voted but we created a character in guild wars 2 that we're playing as and yep. it came between like boom boom storm and mr sinister and mr sinister one so we have we're playing mr sinister the royal hero in guild wars 2 and it's very funny that's 
So, Amazing. So it's definitely yeah. worth watching those streams uh, just for funsies. But you can also find me at Ryan.Pagella on Instagram and at Ryan Pagella on Twitter. And I think I'm Ryan.Pagella on TikTok. I was like, that's the one I'm trying to do more of. TikTok's becoming really big. So like we're trying to have more presence there. But Maddie... I'm at Mitty Myers everywhere. Yeah, I'm Mitty Myers. Yeah, Maddie's easier. <laughs> like I... I, I Guaranteed you can find me at either Ryan Pagella or Ryan.Pagella. It's one of the two. Yeah, whereas so. I just made all of my screen names Mitty Myers for the sake of simplicity and also because nobody else has well, taken that. Well, there's also that. other Maddie Myers out there. I'm the only Ryan Pagella. I'm the only Mitty Myers. It's just me. That's true. Um, so then also there's money and ways to give it to us. First of all, you can go to our Teespring store. There's a link to that at MutantAges.com as well. And there's also a Patreon page, patreon.com slash the MutantAges, where you can back at a variety of levels and get a variety of rewards for doing so. You can get bonus episodes about like Marvel and DC movies and shows that we watch together and talk about. And also when we read fan fiction, we put it on there together too and make fun of ourselves. Um, and also at the highest tier, our Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. That's right. I don't know who you want to be. <laughs> I don't know. I could. You could be I, Kurt. You could be. Okay, so you. I just. I just want to let you all know because I opened this. I'm like, oh, I'm going to pull up the Patreon yeah, subscribers. Yeah, you were like, so. before we started recording, you were like, I'm going to pull up the Patreon supporters, so I'm ready. Right. Did you forget to do that? No, I pulled it up and then closed out of it. Great, love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first of all. Uh, yeah, is there even a voice we could do in here? Who who do we have today? I guess we had Toad doing all these different... I cannot do Swedish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when I do it, just still sounds German. I'm like, I'm like, thank you, Samuel B and Soren B and Zach S. And also, we're going to do a shout out to Brock. I'm sexy today. Do you believe that it's me, Ryan Pagella, with this voice? <laughs> uh, all right. Also, okay, That's so I will say that I'm doing a shout out to Brock because... Brock is supporting us just $1 underneath the $25 a month level, but I'm giving him the shout out because he is also supporting our Discord right now and has amped it up so he can do fun things on there, like create emojis and put them on there if anybody wants to make like a MIDI or snapshot emoji or Mr. Sinister. I don't know how to do these things. I don't really understand <laughs> a lot of it yet. I'm new to it, yeah. but I think maybe our listeners are probably a little bit more savvy with this than I know. Yeah. Um, so pretty much everyone is. Yeah, definitely. Yes, exactly. So, so yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and I, I just wanted to give a shout out there because he is boosting us. And I, I, I feel like if you're doing something like that for the show, something, yeah, it adds something and it, it, we appreciate that support. Exactly. Now we need all those emojis. So that's another reason to join the discord. That's right. That's right. There's other things could do on there. I just have to learn what they are. So like, you know, I just wanted to do a quick shout out and thank you to Brock. Mm -hmm. Totally. So yeah, I think that wraps up today's, uh, episode. If you don't have any money, you should review the show. That's right. And share it. Yeah, do that, please. <laughs> That's all. Now we have done it. Uh, I, I I went through and read some of the reviews recently. And they're all really positive. Yeah, there's so like nice. only there's one there's one one star that I always talk about because it makes me laugh because <laughs> okay. it's that one guy that goes on everything that Maddie Knight produces and I know. listens to her shit that insults it but gives us the view anyway. I know. I'm sure he listens every week. So I I don't know. Shout out to that guy. I don't guy. know. Maybe maybe not. There's somebody who also left a three star and said that 
show was good but was surprised and not prepared for all the sex stuff and i was like hmm, that's actually a good <laughs> point a we don't really have a disclaimer of that anywhere i like i don't know how you could like list that without getting in trouble with itunes I so mean, we do have the show we have an explicit rating however i also think it's fair that some people might not want to hear about buckets of calm every time they listen to a show <laughs> i feel like some of that is just personal taste and that's completely yes. valid however if you think that your friends would like to hear our show about buckets of x-men come please consider sharing it on your personal <laughs> social media i don't know sometimes sometimes i wonder if we should like cut back on how grotesque we you can know, get on here people don't know every like six months or so ryan says something like that to me and i'm like ryan that's never gonna happen so why would yeah, we I even know, right. pretend that it's going okay, to well I don't know because it's for, I, I'm just glad that we at least disguise it somewhere towards the end of the episode because you know like it is on my resume that I have a mutant ages like podcast because it's part like if you go to rypagella.com it's there well it's so, on like, my it's it. on my page personal pages as well I'm proud of this show wait, can I, wait hold on I have to tell you I have to I have to share this story because our listeners will laugh but one of the people that I interviewed with like had gone and listened to the show and they really liked it they were like we really like your show i'm like oh great i'm like so they probably i went to the most recent episode because i figured that's what they listened to and i'm like thank god we didn't start talking about sex until like 25 (laughs) minutes in so like it's really funny that like our employers will potentially listen to it but they would have to like search to that and that's why i'm like "Hmm, maybe we shouldn't mention the buckets of cum but at least we usually do it towards the end when pluggy shows up so there's that i feel like there's a slow (laughs) build and up to the buckets of cum but it's coming it's coming it's dunking on your face I feel, I mean, I feel like, like this is our release. So many, like, there's so many things that we just say. Like we just say toad jizz and we don't explain it anymore. Like you know don't, what I mean? We don't explain like, it. It's there's it's just part of the canon of the show. Sure. I I just think it's really funny to me because like also like you have triple click and I have the YouTube well, triple channel click, and like triple click is so like much more professional in terms of family how friendly sex yes, is mentioned exactly. on the show and like well, this say, show same, is same like with the YouTube channel X. which is like my other main thing I that know. I do and then like we come here and it's like I just we you just, know, we I just wonder if people will let be surprised hair down, basically is what we're doing here we're, yeah I know <laughs> if the problem is that this is the show that Maddie and I do together if we ever release Gino like in podcast form which is something that we we've been considering for it, a long yeah. time yeah. and maybe it will probably happen someday yeah but that's another show that's i mean it's I i've like written all of would, it I mean, it's good but there's a lot of sex jokes in there, there is, too but like, i feel like Tracer, we would make it so God. that it was not i mean this show is like our our id you know it's like our pure like undiluted like every it's because it's where we grew up okay this is what sh- this we grew up with the x-men and it was like a representation of our sexuality when we were teenagers and it's also and so, like, like this was our horniest time period so it's like some sort of sense like memory this Resident evil like there i know like either of those things just like it's like we we're talking about Resident Evil yesterday. I'm like, Resident Evil is just gay, and I refuse to hear otherwise. Basically, I mean, I've played the game. Yeah. So yeah. You know. I mean, anyway, it, that's it. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> we'll see you next time. We're just we're just doing this. See you next time, and we will never mention sex ever again. That's on the right. Show. It's strictly G-rated from this point on. Just kidding. That's how we lose all of our listeners. Let's Go not do that. Enjoy fucking Wolverine. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. The